We are. We are back. Back again. Back for the second time for an hour of heavy metal firepower. More riffs and lifts and riffs and lifts. You never have enough. I've never once in my life been like, I've had too many riffs and I've had too many lifts. It is not possible. No, man. We're on to something. This is good. The people seem to be digging it. We've got a good response from the first one, as far as I know, as far as people have reached out to me about it, which is cool. Nobody's sick of our bullshit yet? Well, yeah, we haven't been around long enough for them to be sick of us. Give it till episode five. Give it time. Give it time. It's cool, man. Hey, who cares? I appreciate it. I have fun. I appreciated your your new review of the Defeated Sanity record that I just published. Yeah. It's very good. It's a very good review. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it's, it was a journey, you know? Um, One of those that lended itself to a good review, you know? Yeah, I did, I think. I, it, it, I got a chance to bring in um, a friend of mine. Uh, he uh, is a musician whose band I like a lot, but then also he's, he's a, a pretty, got a pretty impressive uh, roster of, of records that he's produced as well. And I got to kind of chat with him about the difference between mixing and mastering and sort of the stuff about that record that kind of turned me off. Uh, and how to All right. Let's talk it. about that. I want, I would like to develop my like producer's vocabulary a little more, I think, yeah. you know, it's something you touched on in your review. I like, I know enough to have like a conversation, but to like to have a real conversation about it, probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and I, I kind of find myself in the same boat. Like I, um, and it's it's it kind of surprises people sometimes because I've I've been listening to not just you know death metal but heavy music in general for a, a really long time. You know, well over two decades at this point. And my even having even having been in bands before, my vocabulary for like studio shit is relatively limited. And then also, I've discovered that I do not have the kind of producer's ear that a lot of my peers do. Um, yeah, I thought I did at first, and then you get deep in and you're like, nah, I don't know a goddamn thing. You know? Yeah, people are like, oh yeah, the, the drum sound on that record really threw me off. And I was like, what? What about, like, what about it? It's their drums? I mean, you can hear them? I, I don't know. Like, I, I find yeah. myself wondering, like, how much I've missed over the years. And um, one of the things that, the, the guy that I talked to is a guy named Patrick Bruss, and he's got a, uh, a one-man, I guess it's two-man death metal project called Crypticus. Um, really cool, like, horror-themed, uh, gore-grindy in places, a little bit of old-school sort of chainsaw stuff going on in places. Really cool. Um, talked with him a little bit about it and was just like, am I being too hard on this new defeated sanity record sound wise. And, and, you know, he had his own opinion about it, but we talked more about all I was saying was I don't like the production. And he was like, well, what you're saying is you don't like the production, but, but that could mean a number of different things based on your description. It sounds like you don't like the mastering. And uh, so okay. that's what we kind of talked about. So the mastering is ultimately like the final sound of the record. Like I think so. the highs and lows and shit. Yeah, I, I I think so. Again, I don't. There's gonna be like somebody. There's gonna be like an engineer listening to this podcast who's like, "This guy's fucking full of shit." And like, engineers don't listen to me, man. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want. I don't want to be like. You know, I I'm not an authority on this, and I the yeah. conversation that we had was over DMs on Twitter, so it's not like it was okay. a thing. But um, he he was like, he has a very refined ear for for death metal in particular, but just for well produced music. Period. And um. 
he was like, yeah, you can hear everything that's going on on this record. Like you can hear the guitars, you can hear the bass, you can hear the drums. Everything is nice and fleshed out. Um, but based on the, the feedback that I was giving him, he was like, you are used to a more aggressive mix, like a more muscular sort of in your face sound. And this is a little bit more controlled on the back end. Okay. Um, and it really didn't come through like how big of a gap there was in between the new record and their old stuff. Um, until I was listening to it in a shuffle, like just in my you know, earbuds when I was running and like the shit from Chapters of Repugnance would come on and I'd be like, yes, this is like a big, solid fucking sledgehammer of shit. And then something from the new record would come on and I'd be like, these riffs are incredible. These twists and turns are cool as shit, but like, I'm not getting kicked in my balls right now. And that's- We need sledgehammers of shit, you know? That's yeah. right. I need, sledge, I need sledgehammers of shit. And without that, it's not going to do it for me. I mean, especially if we're talking about slam death metal. Yeah, yeah. Like the rules of production and mastering and whatever. I feel like they're flipped on its head when you're even discussing death metal in general, let alone something that crazy, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I especially if you go back to, and uh, in the, uh, man, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name of the podcast, but the one that uh, Thomas from Redefining Darkness did with uh, Scott Burns not too long ago. Uh, it's Into the Darkness. Into podcast. the Darkness, yeah, that's what it is. One of the things that uh, Scott Burns has talked about in interviews over the years is like being part of that early death metal producing scene and, and, and having dealt with bands who had previously dealt with other producers that were just like, I don't know what to do with all this shit. Everything is loud all the time. It, it's, everything is at 100% all the time. There's no lulls. There's no time to chill out. I don't know what to do with this massive fucking barrage of sound. Right. And I interesting to look at how death metal kind of started off as just this unpredictable like difficult to produce thing and, and in a lot of situations these days we've got it down to a pretty predictable and like enjoyable formula and when you talk about sort of the production that is typical of slam records um for instance like analepsy's last record uh that necrotic gore beast record like it's super heavy low end you can hear the you know the percussion is immaculate it's all triggered but i mean it sounds good anyway like i don't have a problem with that um but everything's nice and clear and muscular and that's kind of what i'm what i like like that's what i go for especially if we're talking about lifting music absolutely but yeah. that goes to say i think a lot of records i love probably have a terrible mix or terrible production by standard like standards i guess you could say you know like uh is a mortician record well produced to me yeah <laughs> I, yeah i mean like i think it sounds i think it sounds like they intended for it to sound and that's kind of one of the things that i that i did talk about also in that defeated sanity review um specifically in in recent memory a couple of records that came out that people were like man this sounds like shit um were uh Morbid Angels, Kingdoms Disdained, it's the, the comeback record with Steve Tucker, yeah. um, and then At the Gates is To Drink From the Night Itself, uh, which is their second one that they put out since getting back together. Um, and a lot of people like were talking about how the production on both those records is really terrible, and I found myself thinking, like, I don't see a problem with it, you know? It didn't strike um, me as one either when I heard both of them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, you're and this is a, a subgenre of music where there are some very strong opinions, particularly for musicians. And as I try and, and be as understanding about that as I can, but one of the things that I talked about in the Defeated Sanity review is just sort of this philosophy that I have adopted, um, that I have brought in from my academic bullshit that I do during the day, 
uh, is just this notion of, of uh, hospitable listening or hospitable reading where you just say like, instead of, instead of hearing this for the first time and saying to myself like, man, it sounds like shit. Uh, the mix is terrible. I can't hear the, I can't hear the guitars. Um, the vocals are too low in the mix, anything like that. Instead of saying that, be like, if I assume that this sounds exactly like the people who created it intended it to sound, where can I go from there? Like, where will that take me? It's a and, better mind frame to have going in for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it sort of, it opens up new possibilities and it lets you sort of get past the things that ultimately at the end of the day, for, for some of us are very serious, but for some of us, like for me in particular, I find that some of the production stuff that I can get hung up on can be a little bit nitpicky. And I, I enjoy records a lot more if I can just try and get past that and be like, okay, what about this do I love? And, and where is that going to take me? That being said, do you think the new Defeated Sanity was how they intended it to sound? Or do you think they were going for something different? And who knows? Man, that's another reason that I went to Patrick. I was just like, man, is, this, is there any way that this, ver that this promo version that I, that I have is like not the finished version? Um, and, you know, I, I assume, especially with a band like Defeated Sanity and for that matter, a band like Morbid Angel or a band like At The Gates who are veterans who've been doing this for a really long time and who have a lot of respect um, from the musician community, I assume that the way it gets to me is the way it's supposed to be. Sometimes I'm confused by that, but at the end of the day, the dudes behind the scenes with Defeated Sanity are seasoned professionals, especially Lil Bruber. Um, that dude's been doing this shit since the early 90s, like he was born into it. Uh, so if it gets to me and that's the way it sounds, I assume that that's what they wanted. Maybe they're trying to do something different. Um, what I always assume is that there's something that I'm missing. And that's one of the reasons I went and talked to Patrick about it because I was just like, man, I, this can't be, I, I've got to be like looking at this the wrong way or something. Sure. sure. Well, the, I would like to get Thomas from redefining darkness's opinion on this matter. We should have, yeah, for sure. on, I'm, I'm sure he would, I'm sure he would come on. Yeah, that's, that's another dude who has been around the block and I, you know, I, I post a lot of, He's very smart. Huh? He's very smart with all that shit. Yeah, he is. And he like, especially when you listen to his podcast, you know, I messaged him a few times um, since starting my radio show. We've, we've kind of chatted on Instagram and stuff like that, but I'd never actually heard the dude talk before until I heard him on a podcast. And I was like, this is an articulate motherfucker who knows a whole lot about this shit. And then like, I'll post, I'll post like pictures on Instagram of like a reissue of something like, rune magic or something like that and he'll be like yeah i remember when that came out and i got the original version or whatever and i'm like this motherfucker's been in the game for a minute you know as he, he knows what's going on there's no he, does. he really he really does it'd be cool to have him on yeah he would that that's something for the future that's a good idea because i i need to re just you know revamp my whole lingo with all that and just get a better understanding of it especially the more reviews i do yeah i kind of find it hard to uh to keep up the vocabulary like how many death metal records can you review before you've used ripping, slamming, brutal? Like it's like, yeah, yeah I, I need like a the source here. I need to know what I'm talking about more. One of the two. Yeah, that's kind of the the, the classic dilemma with reviewing music. You know, like so much of you're trying to take this highly individualized experience and then generalize it in a way that a whole bunch of people have done before you and in a way that's also sort of conditioned the way that you listen to this music and talk about this music. So at the end of the day, like how much of our writing is actually ours? And the answer 
depending on who you ask is, is, uh, very little, you know, yeah. um, the day we're just taking, taking things from elsewhere and sort of patching them together through our own experience, hoping that somebody else catches that too. That's true, man. That's deep stuff, man. Yes. <laughs> what is your review process like when you sit down to review a record? Is it different? It, well, it kind of depends. Like I've, I've been reviewing music. I've been writing about music and reviewing it for a really long time. Specifically what I do for Death Comes Lifting is, was it started off as an experiment for me anyway. Yeah. Um, and I've sort of continued that same uh, formula since, I guess it's been about six months since, since I, since you and I hooked up. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is at least your like eighth or ninth review, I think for me or something. I think so. And I think it was, I want to uh, say it was September or so. Yeah. I would think. Um, but basically what I'll do this time around is like, I'll get the music and I won't listen to it at all. And I'll put it straight on my old school iPod shuffle uh, in its own little folder. And then the very first, the very next run that I go on, whether it's, you know, lately since everything's been closed, the gyms have been closed, it's been outdoors, but whether it was a treadmill run or whether it was an outdoor run, I just save it until then. And then that is the first thing, that record is the first thing that I put on um, when I start running and I just keep that in my mix, I, I listen to that straight through. Um, and then if the, you know, if it finishes before the run is over, then I'll repeat it. Uh, sometimes if there are particular songs that I really like, I'll go back and listen to them again. Um, but however long the run is on is how long I listen to that record. Um, and then whenever I get back from the run, I collect myself, you know, get some water, cool off a little bit and then sit down and collect my initial thoughts. And then I'll end up coming back to it a few times, just sort of as a, you know, to review, to see if I said what I wanted to say, or if my opinion on it has changed or anything like that. But I really do for, for the cardio killer stuff, try and keep the reviews in the context of how it performs uh, when I go for a run listening to it. And so far I've been, <laughs> I've been lucky so far because everything that I've reviewed has been good for that. You know, I'm good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm dreading the time when I like get something and I put it in and I listen to it. And I'm like, man, this shit is really terrible to go running to, but make it, it'll make a funny review. It would. I'm it looking would. forward to it. It's kind of what I do. I, t I usually put it on at the gym for the first time yeah. when, I'm, when I'm listening to it, trying to review something or if it's in the back of my mind to review, I'll throw it on when I'm working out. But a weird thing sometimes happens is if I have a shitty workout for either the music's fault or my fault or whoever's fault or nobody's fault or there may be no excuses, but I might develop a negative association with that music. And then it kind of, kind of, kind of blows. And then I feel bad and I'm not giving the music a fair shot. Or maybe I'm thinking about it way too fucking much, but sometimes that happens. Nah, man. I, I mean, it's, you know, when you are doing those two things in tandem, it's really easy to, it's like, it's like a smell that, yeah. uh, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like the smell of the smell of fresh cut grass is associated with a particular memory. This, you know, if you hear that record for the first time in a negative context, then I think it's probably going to um, stick with you. When I was, I when, so. I was <laughs> when I was a freshman in college, I went to a friend's, uh, another, uh, some old friends of mine, I went to the school that they were at and they had all pledged in a fraternity. And I didn't really know much about that because my school didn't have a Greek system. And I went to a frat party and uh, got absolutely fucking hammered. And like three in the morning, this dude shows up after all my friends who are freshmen are still cleaning everything up, right? Like that's their job because they're the new guys on the block or whatever. This dude 
who apparently is like been in the fraternity for a long time, but was like kicked out at one point. He shows up and he's like got this jug of Carlo Rossi wine, that shit that's on the fucking bottom shelf that's like behind some other shit. Yeah, it's rough, man. He's like making us chug this shit and then he gets all of us into his car and apparently he hadn't been drinking. Gets all of us into a car and then we drive across town to another frat house and he's in this, this, it's not a car, it's an SUV. Um, Just goes mudding through the front yard of this other frat house and the song that was playing on repeat was Know Your Enemy by Rage Against the Machine. Ever, ever, ever be able to hear that fucking song again without feeling like I'm going to puke and being terrified that I'm going to jail. That's shit. These fucking, you know, memories will attach to the music that you're listening to whenever you you, uh, are doing something and hearing it for the the first time or just in some sort of really interesting situation like that. Absolutely. Um, I, I have a similar story. The first time I ever heard Emperor was in the back of this, like, dude's car who was, like, a friend of a friend, and he was driving he said he wasn't drinking but he definitely was and we were drinking just straight like captain morgan out of fucking like water bottles and we were like and he was just blasting emperor and just driving and i'm just like i could die at any moment i'm gonna puke so that's very similar and i every time i hear emperor i think of him respect (laughs) i am the black wizards literally Uh, drinking spiced rum Yeah, Those were the days. Right? Now I'm drinking amino acids. Yeah, I know. Straight water here. It's all good, man. But, so that's why I try to switch up my listening. I like to just listen to shit in the car. Just drive. Yeah. That's nice. If you can afford to waste some gas, I guess. But I mean, Yeah, I mean, like, I that was part of my pro Especially when I was in high school, man. When I got my first car, I was, that was the test for any new music that I heard. Um, was, you know, go out and ride around town or ride around. I grew up in the country, so ride around in country roads and listen to that shit. Still love to do it. That's kind of badass, man. What kind of car was your first car? It was a 1987 Honda Accord hatchback. You know it was. Yes. And it was baller, man. They don't make them like that anymore. I drove that motherfucker through a building, through a gym, actually. (laughs) Really? Uh, And it didn't have, yeah, man, this was another... uh, if we get back to, to my high school and early college days, man, there's going to be some interesting stories. But yeah, it was, I was going to the gym uh, with my friend Jason, and uh, we would meet each other there in the mornings before school. And so we'd get there at about 6 a.m. Um, and I was pulling up right in front of the gym and just a brain fart. I don't know what happened. My foot slipped off the, the, the brake and hit the gas, and I plowed straight through the front window and like this little brick embankment. Uh, into the area that was behind the the counter of the gym. Fortunately, nobody got hurt. Building was fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but my car, it like there was a crack in the oil pan that they fixed with some duct tape, and that was the only damage to that car. Holy shit! They yeah, it was pretty impressive. Like they used to. And the song that was playing for that was "Through the Never" by Metallica. Nice. Wow, yeah. that was that's actually kind of fitting. Yeah, I know, right? Through the glass. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's been a fun been a fun 20 years or so been a fun for you me too man yeah we'll get into all that over the course of these riffs and lifts oh i'm sure we got plenty of uh delinquent stories associated with heavy metal it could just be that could be a whole series really no doubt my entire fucking life i have been listening to voodoo gods what is your opinion on them i don't i don't think i'm familiar with them okay corpse grinder sings for them 
Oh, that's that. It's been around for a while, but it just now got released. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard it yet. I, 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 I've heard of it, but I haven't heard it yet. What's your take? It's fucking really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, especially since it is kind of a band of like, um, like all stars. You, you could say it's kind of like a super group. I know Nurgle was in it at one point. They oh, yeah. have um, uh, Jean Boudin, if I'm pronouncing his name right. I think he's a just a session bass player that's like it's an extended bass and he like double finger taps and he's like a machine. Victor Smolsky's on guitar. He was in Rage. He's on in Mind Odyssey and Crusader, and he's just a beast. And um, surprisingly, though, like for the roster it has, it's like not that like flex on you music. It's just like really good death metal, and I totally appreciate it. You know. So is is Corpse Grinder doing his uh, his trademark? Kind of. At first, it's kind of off putting because you're like it's so hard to associate any other band with this voice. You know what I mean? But as it goes on, it's it rules. It's it it doesn't feel like Cannibal Corpse guy put in here. It feels like very much a unit. There's some like tribal shit going on. Interesting. It's a, it's a very cool record. Yeah, it's called uh, Divinity of Blood. I will definitely check that out, and I'll check it out soon. He, yeah, uh, good. Some of his some of the shit that he ends up doing with other bands, I always find interesting because he. Like you said, you know, he you definitely associate him with with Cannibal Corpse and sort of that more technical edge that they developed after he joined the band. Yeah. Um, you go back and you look at his records with Monstrosity; it's a lot more straightforward death metal. I really was into that record he did with Adam D from Killswitch, that Serpentine Dominion. Did you ever hear that? I did. Yeah, that was great. I actually kind of forgot about that till now, but yeah, I, yeah, that shit ruled. And then Paths Paths of Possession, I I liked their first one. Uh, with him, the the second one with him, not so much. But it was cool to hear like him over some stuff that's a little bit more melodic, a little bit less uh, sort of in that same death metal box as as Cannibal Corpse. Which don't get me wrong, it's my fucking favorite death metal band. I absolutely love it. But it's really interesting to see those dudes end up in other contexts. You know, Alex Webster too, playing bass on other records. He played bass on a Hate Eternal record. Um, he does that blotted science stuff with Ron Jar Jar Zombek, I believe is how you say it. So it's cool to see those dudes in other bands. Yeah, blotted science is ridiculous. Yeah, man, that shit. Uh, that's some. That's above me, man. That that. Uh, it's like all math. Yeah, it's crazy. Good that those dudes are insane. With um, bringing it back to production quality and just like preferring different kind of sounds, like there that specific section of Cannibal's discography that Rutan. Uh, produced yeah. has like I, I wish I could better describe the sound of those that like were there four records is it Kill Evisceration Plague um, Skeletal and did, they, did he do the last one no, he did he did uh, Kill Evisceration Plague Torture Torture uh, that's it and Skeletal and, right and uh, no he didn't do Skeletal Mark Lewis did Skeletal Domain uh, but he did do Red Before Black. Okay, I had those reversed. Okay. Yeah, he's done four, but they, they switched out and, and got Mark Lewis in there. Dude, Eric Eric Rutan has like a fucking that guy is a machine. He hears stuff that fucking nobody else hears. Yeah, those those the records he did for Cannibal, I think, are like easily like some of the best in death metal. Yeah. Production wise Yeah. Production wise, anything that goes through mana or I mean he's, you know, Mana Studios is his his studio, but he also has worked at some other places as well. Um, is gonna sound immaculate. Six Feet Under did a record that he produced, and it actually 
I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the songs on that particular record, uh, but I really did love the production. So like- Is it one of the newer ones? It was a commandment. So it might be newer by some people's standards, but I think it's like 10 years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not super familiar with it. I, I, I'm sure I've heard it, but I, I don't go super deep into Six Feet Under. No problem. Yeah, you're not, you're not the only one. I'm, I'm an unabashed Six Feet Under fan, but uh, I, I mean, I dig them. I just like don't, I can't like spout like Cannibal Corpse knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there, there's some songs I like. I know they're getting a lot of, they kind of get a lot of shit, especially oh, yeah. these days. Um, but I like their new stuff. I thought it was fine. I think, I think it's good. Yeah, I, th I think that some of the, that last record I didn't care too much for, um, but like the one that he did with the Hall Brothers, I thought had some really cool shit on there, uh, Crypt of the Devil. Uh, the two before that, Undead and Unborn, I thought were interesting. He sort of farmed out all the songwriting, but honestly, man, when he was, th the first two records with Alan West on guitar are pretty much hailed as like classic Six Feet Under, but my favorite Six Feet Under shit by far is that mid-era stuff with their longest-running lineup? It had Steve Swanson, Terry Butler, and Greg McCall in the band. Um, if you if you are looking to like dive into some Six Feet Under ever, I am right now. I'm looking it up. Maximum violence. Maximum violence is the fucking shit, man. You, it, it is. Yeah, I, I know that one. Like, there's so the the three I have on here that I listen to a lot are True Carnage, Maximal Violence, and then the first one. Yeah, haunt, so Haunted um, is a classic. Nobody's going to dispute you on that. A lot of people talk shit about True Carnage when it came out, and it is kind of, there's like some, it's kind of simplistic, I think. But I mean, for what they were trying to do, I think that they succeeded. And um, it was interesting to hear Barnes sort of really try and, and get back down to those Tomb of the Mutilated lows that he was doing back when he was in Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, that's so, kind of why I dig it, I think. Yeah. Like subconsciously, it kind of reminds me of Tomb of the Mutilated a little yes. bit more than the rest of them. Well, and man, that song with Ice T on it fucking rips. Yeah. yeah, I am not the biggest like fan of, of, of rap, but I listen to that song all the time. One Bullet Left, I can do that shit verbatim in my sleep. All day, I know. Yes, it, I even know. like, those crossovers do get kind of weird, like rap metal especially gets corny, but I fucking love Ice-T. I feel like you can add Ice-T to anything and it's going to be fine. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. I know that, you know, what body count I've heard. I haven't heard too much of the newer stuff, obviously. I, I'm familiar with the older stuff, and it was always stuff that I respected and stuff that I could enjoy from time to time, but never anything that I dove so deep into that I became like a diehard fan. I'm predicting that you will love the new body count record if you give it a chance. It is extremely heavy. Carnivore, is that Carnivore. it? Yeah. I'll check yeah. that out. It's very well produced and uh, extremely heavy. The guy who did uh, Ghost, uh, fucking what? It's like a metalcore band. I think it's, he does metalcore bands. His name's Josh something. I'm terrible with fucking names. I should have re reverbed on that, but um, it's really good. It sounds like a, sounds like a modern metal record. Interesting. But it's body count. It's very uh, crisp. When you mentioned production in this conversation that we've had about production, you know, Ernie C, who plays guitar in Body Count. Absolutely. Uh, he produced the last Tony Martin era Black Sabbath record, a record called Forbidden. Um, one of my favorite pieces of trivia of all time. Yes, and it is, <laughs> I, you know, Ice-T Ice -T has that little guest spot on the first track on that record. It, it is, it is uh, one of the most shit on record productions in history and like a lot of times this would be the place where i kick in and be like but there's this really redeeming quality to it 
no. The sound of that whole record is fucking abysmal. Some of those songs are actually okay. Some of the, like, the riffs and everything are cool, but God, that record sounds terrible. And there's been talk about remastering. Tony Iommi's mentioned a few times that he's going to remaster some of the Tony Martin era shit and re-release it. I would love to hear uh, what a an updated version of uh, Forbidden would sound like. Yeah, if I could go back and like remaster some shit or have some shit remastered for me because I couldn't do it, yeah, that would be very high on the list as Tony Marnera Black Sabbath. Yeah, for sure. And some, uh, I feel like some, again, I don't have enough knowledge to tell you exactly what's wrong with them, but even like the, uh, like breeding the spawn, like the suffocation record, I feel like could use a better production. Like some shit, like old stuff like that. I would love to hear what they would do with like an updated. Well, like if you uh, breeding the spawn is like legendarily. <laughs> I don't want to say bad. Yeah, it's bad. Like the production on it is bad. Um, it's bad. Yeah. Again, I don't have the. I'm, I feel kind of in the same boat as you. I don't have the vocabulary to say this is exactly what was going on in the studio, but. I know that it was rushed. I know they didn't have as much money as they had planned on having. Um, and a lot of things, a lot of the intricacy of the music that they were playing, I don't think came across the way that they wanted it to in the, in the final versions of those songs. And the cool thing is, is they've gone back and re-recorded pretty much the whole thing. Um, each record that they've put out since then has had like one or two uh, new versions of songs from breeding the spawn and i think there's only like two songs from that record that they haven't redone yet i i, I can only assume it's going to happen at some point well what do you think that's cool I, I thought they were i thought they were like done as a band aren't they or no uh oh no 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 uh like frank frank mullins this the singer who's been you know throughout he's been on all their records uh but yeah, for the he last, quit, right yeah he quit he retired that's and then for the last couple of records, he hadn't been touring with them anyway. Um, I think Ricky from played drums in Disgorge. I'd have to check and see. I think he was on vocals, and I think he's on vocals now. Um, but as far as I know, there's no plans for them to stop. I think they're going to record new stuff and continue to tour. I need to dive back into them, as you can see. I'm not too up-to-date on my suffocation knowledge. I know, like... I've seen them like twice with the original lineup with Frank. He was fucking awesome. So yeah. when he quit, I kind of just assumed they were done. But yeah, that's my fault. I think a lot of people probably assume that. And the cool thing about death metal and a band like Suffocation, you know, it's gonna be really hard to replace a dude like Frank. But I think that knowing that he gives his blessing for them to continue going with a new singer, uh, I think probably is going to make a lot of people more open to that possibility. And then at the same time, the fact that maybe, yeah, he's not going to be on the records, but they've been, they've been touring without him for years now. So if you, if you can get past the fact that he's not going to be up there doing the fucking death chop thing. Um, yeah. You know, the death chop rules. Yeah. Uh, you have to, you have to admit. appreciate new suffocation. And, and like, I'm glad that they're not quitting, even though I, w I would love to hear him on everything that they do, but uh, the music Suffocation continues to write just like really fucking awesome songs. Like the riffs are incredible. Pinnacle of Bedlam was fucking amazing. Uh, that last one of the Dark Light had a couple of really good songs on there. So like the fact that they still have that chemistry to keep going. Terrence Hobbs is still writing killer riffs. Uh, Derek Boyer at this point has been in the band for so long that like I feel like his bass sound and his contributions, you know, he contributes a lot lyrically. Uh, I think are have made the band stronger over time, and I would love to to see where they go next. 
I would too. I have to admit, I didn't listen to the latest one, but I did love Pentacle of Bedlam though. Yeah, it's good. It's worth checking out. I will. I will. Uh, what's another? I had this written down. I wanted to ask you about Cephaliac uh, Carnage. Cephalic Carnage. Cephalic Carnage. Cephalic Carnage. Just I I never knew anything about them until like last week. Man, that's some crazy Colorado weed grind shit. Yeah, I kind of love it. (laughs) Fucking nuts, man. I the first time I heard, you know, they were on relapse. I guess they're still on relapse technically, but I I think all the shit that they put out has been on relapse. But I heard Cephalic Carnage like before I was ready for that shit. I remember hearing it. this is probably my freshman year of college, actually. This has been back in like 2001, 2002, maybe. Uh, hearing it and being like, this is fucking insane. There's too much shit going on here. Uh, but over time, you know, I got to appreciate it. Um, Anomalies, I think, is the one that I like the most by them. Um, but there's something to love about every record that they've put out. And then their bass player, Nick Shin- Shinzielos, I, don't, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, really impressive dude, been in a, a lot of other bands, done some cool stuff. He's played bass, I think, on the last two Job for a Cowboy records uh, right. and, and contributed some really cool shit. So, Guys, your, uh, your remembrance of names is so impressive to me because like, I can't even get the fucking band name right like 90% of the time. Dude, if, I'm glad to have you. If I could remove this knowledge and replace it with like functional shit that would help other people in the world, I would do it. But this is just what I'm stuck with. Well, you're helping me so you can feel Thank better you. about yourself. Now. Thank you. I it's do. Okay. I, feel, I feel better. <laughs> it's all good, man. What are you, uh, what's new on your radar? New, not so much. Um, I've done some revisiting. I, uh, the, you know, we've, I talked about, I, I think the last two podcasts that we've done, even the one that was before officially uh, Riffs and Lips and Riffs. Um, episode zero. Yeah, episode zero. And, and the lost episode as well, if I'm not mistaken. I talked about the new Benighted record, um, Obscene Repressed. And I, you can't see us out there in podcast land, but I'm holding the box set right now that came in the mail today. Um, and so I've been listening to, I had like this big stack of like Swedish death metal and Finnish death metal that I was listening to this morning. The mail came, New Benighted came, and I dove back into Benighted. Listen to this shit. This is the CD that comes inside the box set, right? When you open it. It screams. That's beautiful. It pig squeals. Pig squeals. It's fucking insane and i've been opening and closing it all day long and my dog is losing her shit but it's been worth it so far man i feel bad for her but i feel good for me she doesn't know what's going on yeah she doesn't know what's going on i've been listening to so i've been listening to benighted a lot today um the last couple of days i've also been listening to deeds of flesh you listen to deeds of flesh much i have actually yeah that's what i have yeah I love I love their older stuff and a lot of for some reason I don't know why I've seen trading pieces like come up in my Instagram feed like coincidentally from like five different people just a bunch over the last like week and of course it fucking rips um, yeah. but it got me thinking about some of their older shit and how much I liked it and then I realized that I never actually checked out their final record Portals to Canaan yeah, um, and so I got that. Uh, earlier this week and I've been listening to it a bunch and like it's some crazy alien technical shit like I didn't realize that they got quite that crazy techie with the last record but it's really good I like it a lot 
that's actually, I mean, funnily enough, that's the first record they, they, uh, that I heard by them that brought yep. them to my attention. And then I went backwards and I thought that was a really interesting rabbit hole to go down was that was the hearing that first and then go retrace yeah. the footsteps from there. It was pretty sweet. I, I like everything they've done. I love yeah. everyone. Yeah. It was really impressive. I, I, um, liked the the old stuff i'm really enjoying portals to canaan and because i've been listening to portals to canaan i also have been sort of tooling around the stuff uh press releases and memorials and stuff like that for eric lindemark the the main man who also founded unique leader records who died in 2018 and sort of caused the the band to come to a halt but apparently um and i would have to dig more into this to see but I, i think that they had a new record pretty much finished when he died oh wow and I'm wondering if anything's ever going to come of that. Um, super interesting. I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's been gone for two years now. So I would think maybe something would have happened with it if anything was going to by now. I don't know if there's, you never if know. it wasn't finished or if it's a question of legal stuff or what. But the guy was such an immense talent in death metal. And to really look at his evolution from, you know, helping to make, give like brutal death metal a formula. If you look at fucking trading pieces, man, that shit is endlessly influential. And then to look at and see how his musicianship really improved and got more technical and more interesting over the years, specifically me now listening to that final record for the first time. Uh, you know, anything, any, any more that we can get from him, I feel like would be great because the dude is, was uh, an incredibly talented musician. Yeah, that was a sad loss, man, for sure. Young guy. I think he was like 45, 46 years old. I think he had kids too, if I'm not mistaken. That's fucking it's always uh, sad, man. Yeah, man, that is sad, but. One of those things, man, adds to the, unfortunately, you know, something like that kind of adds to the mystique and legends of the band, kind of makes it almost better in a romantic way, you know, <laughs> in a way. Maybe. I mean, like, there's, you know, it's it's sad and nobody nobody wants anybody to die, even though we all are going to. Um, but it is, it is interesting sort of to see the way a death in this community um causes the a, a band's a band's reputation to extend right not necessarily people are like yeah playing into it because somebody died but the a band gets a spotlight on it in the press in a way that maybe they haven't before and then that music ends up circulating in a way that maybe it hasn't gotten a chance to yet and that way their memory lives on you know right it's very cool it's a very cool way to honor it in death metal death death metal it's a immortal it's an immortal thing it's connected precisely precisely we have to talk about fucking amazing Requiem tri- Triptychon. Yeah, what'd you think? Whoa, whoa, loved it, dude. Blown away. I was I listened to nothing but Triptychon for like three days. I thought it was great. Dude, it's so good. Like it's, uh, you know, the the studio shit is amazing anyway. Everything that Tom does, I yeah, think. They're all, all, everything they do is great. Yeah, it has, it, every, every band he's ever been in, you, you can find something to like about it. But, um... Specifically with Triptych, you know, we've talked about sort of live music a couple of times, you and I have, and I, I typically, like, for a live record to be what I prefer, that shit's got to be pretty fucking impressive. I usually pick studio over uh, live recordings anytime. For sure. This record, though, and I, I think it's because they planned for everything to be done live, uh, so they so they made sure that they captured it the best way possible. Sounds so fucking good. It sounds so full, and the interaction with the crowd when they start cheering and everything, man, you just you feel like you're there. Um, and the new stuff, the that that middle song, and it's like divided up into I think like eight different parts or something for the yeah. 
to do the, the uh, download of it. Um, that's new music. And I feel like it is a perfect bridge between those first two pieces of music. It's fucking amazing. And I, I, uh, I liked it so much. I ordered the vinyl just and I, I don't have yeah. it yet, but I just need to hear it like on speakers and, you know, not a digital, digital yeah. copy. I was super impressed. Yeah. It's um, a good band. Hopefully, you know, we'll get another, some new, some new studio stuff from them soon, a new record. Um, he, doing an, he did an interview on Metal Injection. I don't know if you read it um, no, about, about Requiem, but he said that uh, it's just like it's the third Triptychon studio. It's just long overdue. Just had had a lot of shit come up, but he's definitely going to do it. Definitely yeah. working on it. So that's sweet. Well, that's you know another another death that I think sort of expanded uh, or extended uh, a, a group's legacy is Martin Eric Ain, who played uh, bass and was a, a big part of the Celtic Frost legacy. Uh, when he died a couple of years ago, I think that, that motivated Tom to sort of go back and revisit some of these things. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that his death is directly connected to the fact that we get this new middle piece of music to connect those two, uh, you know, the first and the, the last part of that, that triptych, right? Um, right? Were Celtic Frost songs. Right. One of them from way back in the day and then one of them from Monotheist in 2006. Uh, and so it's, you know, I don't want anybody who's listening to this podcast to think that we're some callous pieces of shit who are like, yeah, when people die, we get good shit out of it. But I think they know what we mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, to, you know, just to go back and, and reiterate, I think that art like this, whether it's a band like Deeds of Flesh or a band like Trypticon uh, or Celtic Frost, art like this endures in a way that a lot of other ways of or of remembering people doesn't, you know? Um, you can take music and make it your own. You can attach it to good experiences uh, or you can attach it to bad experiences. It can be a song that's playing when you have a shitty workout or when you're in the back of a truck that's like driving through a fraternity house front lawn or something like that. Um, but when you make that music your own, you take a little bit of that person's legacy in their memory and make it part of your experience too. And I think that that's a really cool thing that music does in a way that is particularly unique that, that a lot of other forms of art and a lot of other memorials can't do. I have nothing poetic to follow that one with. I just think about, like, I think about like Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes. You know, that Perfect. Whole, yeah. another good example. Yeah. And that transcends into, into film, obviously not music, but that's, that's the parallel I was drawing there. And that's yeah. uh, undeniable. He'll live forever in that way. Exactly. We still, you still get to sort of remember and revere that, that performance. One of the most metal performances of all time. Oh yeah, agreed. I remember being blown away by that. And again, I was one of the people who, when he was cast, I was just like, the fucking, the teen star guy? And then you see the movie and you're just like, this is absolutely incredible. Are you a comic book fan, uh, superhero movie kind of dude? Yeah, I really, I was a huge comic book fan when I was a kid. Um, I enjoy the movies now, especially like sort of the more modern, you know, the MCU movies and stuff like that, but I'm not nearly as deep into it as I used to be. Heard that. Me either. I was more into it as a nerdy child too, but I, I like select things. I like Batman because it's dark. I like like villain comic books, horror comics. I won't read like fucking Superman, but yeah. like horror comics I like. I had um, one of the ones that I remember buying when I was... I got it at Howard's Newsstand, which is this place that closed down like 20 years ago. Uh, longer ago than that, but I remember picking up Batman versus Predator. Uh, oh, yeah, dude, I have all those. <laughs> paperback, 
that shit fucking ruled. I was just like, because I was also reading the, the Predator, uh, the Alien versus Predator books at around that time. I think, I, I think it was all around that time. It's been a long time. Uh, but I do remember looking at some of the bloodier, darker shit that was in comics and being super impressed by it. And then when I got older and I found like Preacher and then the Punisher Max stuff, pretty much anything Garth Ennis did, I was really into that for a long time too. Yeah, I have a buddy that's really into like um, anime, like Japanese fucking yeah. crazy shit. And yeah. he always shows me like, because he knows I'm sick and love the horror one. So he always shows me like the craziest Japanese horror like mangas. And if you think anything in our comic books is edgy, like just look at that shit. Oh man, I, I believe it. I don't know that much about it, but I've worked in a couple of places where we sold manga, manga, however you, however yeah, you say it. I'm, prob I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but it's always interesting to look at sort of the covers and then look at some of the, uh, some of the art and be like, man, this is some super gory shit. And it would be like super gory. And then the next page is like cheerleader girls or something. I just yeah, always, that's read, what's so odd about it. You know? Yeah. It's a fucking crazy dichotomy, but it's just culture, man. It's interesting. It definitely is. And that's, their music's pretty crazy too. Like some Japanese metal, Japanese yeah. metal is, I mean, they're, they're on, they're on some other shit. That's for sure. And I, I like it. I'm here for it. Speaking. Well, speaking of which, um, if you like, uh, if you want to mix anime with, uh, with some brutal death metal, Gore House Records has a couple of different bands that I think are, are, are doing that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, Ayakasi Kagura is one of them. Uh, and then there's another one called, like, Bizarre Itatrain Worship, Train Worship. I'm not sure, but I actually, I've, I've checked out one of the songs that's on a sampler, um, and it's the Aya, Ayakasi Kagura, a song called Yami Hukaki Mono, and I know I'm probably fucking up the pronunciation, and I'm sorry. Um, but it's any shit, man. It's definitely, like, it's slamming brutal death metal. And if you look at the cover of it, it's like, it's fucked up. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm into you know, it. Look it up and check it out for yourself. It, it, might be your, it might be something that you're into. Musically, I think it's really solid. Yeah, dude, I, I'm writing it down. I'm checking it out. Um, is, is, uh, Coffins is from Japan, right? Coffins is from Japan, I believe. Uh, Sai yeah. is an excellent Japanese metal band. Sai is great, yeah. Um, and then one of the ones, speaking of, of Patrick Bruss uh, from Crypticus, one of the things that he, uh, when we were talking about production, when we were talking about mastering in that uh, Defeated Sanity review conversation, um, one of the bands that he pointed out, another Willow Tip band that's from Japan that's got perfect production in his mind, I think he, he was saying, like, I wish that more shit in this vein sounded like that is a band called Desecravity. Um, Desecravity. D-E-S-E-C-R-A-V-I-T-Y. Uh, got three records out. They're on Willow Tip. Um, and that shit is brutal. I hadn't heard of them until he mentioned them in our conversation. And I bought all three of their records since then. And it's very impressive stuff, man. Technical, um, a lot of brutality. But at the same time, like, it's all crisp. It sounds great. That's awesome. I wish I had something cool like that, like that to give to you. But I don't. I just have... Um voodoo gods i'll check it uh, casket slime they're a uh underground independent self-release their shit they're great they uh how i found out about them 
is uh, two of their members joined the Lifting Dead Army, so they're repping hard. Sweet. Yeah, man, we got Casket Slime on our team. We're gonna, they're gonna come on the podcast, so that's gonna be sick. Fuck yeah, man! I'll make sure to check that one out. And it, is it one word or two? Casket Slime. It is two. They uh, they have a split out with Rotten Brain, also two words, but then they have their own that also came out this year. I think just right before that is called uh, Please Rewind or Be Kind Rewind. It's like old, old school horror video store samples. Fuck uh, yeah. Chainsawy and just fucking raw as hell. It's awesome. All right, man. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, you gotta listen to Casket Slime, and yeah, they're uh, they're awesome. I've been uh, communicating with a couple of those guys. They're uh, I I, pretty, I think they're from Texas. Sorry, yeah. I fucked that up. Casket Slime. Well, even if, even if they're not, there's a lot of good shit coming out of Texas. We need to make sure that we tag all these bands that we talk about in these things. Yeah, like, we should. Yeah, smart smart idea. I'm going to do that. To make sure that they know that they are being discussed. And loved. And loved, yes. And, yeah, repped, repped out. Our, uh, our buddies at Desert Wasteland Productions, we can tag yeah. them. They uh, just launched their own website slash web store where you can get everything, and they have a ton of awesome shit. Yes. Desert Wasteland, Sean. Sean is my my brother from another mother. We are pretty sure that we're like related several generations back. Um, yeah, we need to collab with them for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. And he's he's a, a power lifter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he is. We we talked about it. Yeah, but he Desert Wasteland is is continuously putting out killer shit. They find young, hungry bands and and put that shit out but then also their distro has got a lot of really cool stuff too they did when they launched the uh when they launched their website and if you're hearing this right now um you probably missed the boat and i feel bad for you because you could have gone there for the first weekend and gotten like 15 percent off your order but i ordered uh that Throat Breach tape, and that is a band that's actually on their label Throat Breach it's a tape called Humiliating Distortion um, I've been meaning to get it, but I hadn't gotten it yet. Uh, and then from their distro, oh, there you go. You got that shit. I see. I got that shit, boy. Come on. Then from their distro, uh, I picked up some shit that I already had, but I didn't have it on tape. Hypocrisy's Penetralia and uh, Osculum Obscenum. Um, and then Catonic Deity. I grabbed that one, too. I oh, see okay. Moved out of the camera. Are you grabbing more of this shit? No, I was just putting it back. Oh, okay. <laughs> How did it get to you already? Yeah. Um, what do you think of that throat breach? Oh, it's fucking great, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. I mean, I previewed it before I bought it, but um, I did yeah. listen to it on tape, and it does have that just like super, super, super punishing quality to it that we all love. Yeah, that uh, that pain giver is excellent. They're on desert wastelands. Uh, cool jam in that. Huh. I'm still jamming that as well, yeah. that pain giver. That still has some like immolation vibes. Yeah, yeah. Still cool. jamming flesh rot. Oh, speaking of immolation vibes vibes, um, there is a record label out of Texas called Goat Throne Records. Okay. Um, and they I I didn't get turned on them until very recently, but I got turned on to them through um the Desert Wasteland Distro. They put out a record by a band called Serpentian that came out last year. I don't know if we've talked about, I might've mentioned them on the podcast last time, uh, but they put out a record last year called The Divine Harm that's got some major old school immolation vibes going on. Um, I wish that I had heard it last year. It definitely would have placed in my top 15, I think, but I've continuously been listening to that shit. 
That is great. I need to check out goat prone. It's two okay. words. It threw me off. I thought it'd be one. Yeah. That's well. That's a that's a spinal tap like death metal thing. You never know. It's going to be from word two or three. Is the U a V? Who knows? Who knows? The uh, the logos are getting pretty impressive these days. How they can just keep manufacturing different fonts. Yeah, I I think uh, a lot of the I, I see a lot of uh, art accounts on Instagram that are like dedicated only to drawing band logos, and I think it's I think some of that shit's pretty interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um, the uh, dude Kevin from Nocturnal Departure, who um, we're friends, and he does um, he does some designs work for me. He did the new the uh, Sabbath Sunday Devil Tarot card. Like he, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that shit. Yeah, dude, I'll get I'll hook you up with one. They're coming. They're coming this week. Um, he does band logos, and it's it's really nice. interesting to see all this shit. Yeah, his uh, if if you go to Nocturnal Departures Instagram or whatever, he's his is on there too. Uh, they're a great black metal band on Redefining Darkness. They're sweet. And nice. uh, yeah, all that stuff's interesting. Just like the, uh, the black metal sort of splatter artwork of the, of the uh, name and uh, the shit he does is great. Yeah, I'll check him out. Got to support the local, the local underground musician, artists, man. Yeah, man. Especially right now um, when they yeah. keep doing live shows you know they've it's been interesting to see how a lot of bands are kind of trying to keep momentum going um there are a couple of bands who i know you know inoculation um is a band that i really like they're on maggot stomp they got they had like a whole tour plan they got fucked up by the coronavirus so they had to offload a bunch of merch and they did like a live stream of a practice last night on instagram that was pretty tight you know bands like uh path to war Path to War put out a, uh, they're on Desert Wasteland, actually. They put a uh, promo out last year, or earlier this year, or late last year, I can't remember, but it had two fucking songs on it. Both of them are sick, absolutely incredible, but they're not able to record or do anything right now because the whole world is shut down, and I feel bad for them, man, because they were really building up momentum, and I hope that they keep it. I hope more, if you're listening to this right now, go check out fucking Path to War. Path to War fucking rips. They're from Maryland, and they're good. Maryland death metal, baby. Right, man. Maryland. I'm pretty sure it says that on their sh- one of their shirts, too. Maryland death metal. They put out... There was a compilation tape called No Man's Land that had everything that they'd done up to that point. It was fucking awesome. But the promo that they put out was called Unjustified Genocide. And that shit is on another level, man. Specifically, that title track, Unjustified Genocide. If you have, like, three minutes to donate to see if you decide that you're going to like Path to War or not, listen to unjustified genocide because that shit fucking rips and they were on maggot stomp you said uh no they were on uh desert they were on desert wasteland and i know that the unjustified genocide promo came out on desert wasteland i think though because it's a promo that they're looking to to jump to another label but who knows who knows we'll see what happens knows nobody knows anything at this time especially with musicians and bands which is frustrating to me as a fan and supporter i can only imagine what they are going through so yeah i know man same here how's it looking down where you're at anything changing uh the gym opened back up on friday uh yeah i'm still i I don't know how i feel about it man i've kind of acclimated to not going and i just feel like uh, i I don't know i i got a lot to think over you know what i mean me too, man. I'm I'm good with what I've been what I've been doing. I, I miss some things from the gym. I mean, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back. Maybe not on the day it opens. 
Yeah. But eventually, we're still in the same situation we were in last time we talked to you, so nothing's really changed here. Yeah. We're still here. Pennsylvania's all fucking Puritan and weird. <laughs> oh, but you've you got a lot more uh, concentrated population areas up there than I think we've got down here, too, so. Yeah, and uh, the, specifically the county I'm in, Allegheny County, or where Pittsburgh is, is a, a very old population. Like, right. we have a ton of elderly, so I feel yeah. like they're more apprehensive because of that. Like, well, at one point, we were the second in the country for elderly. No we're, shit. Yeah, the first county was somewhere in Florida, obviously, because it's Florida, and then we were, like, number two. Yeah, interesting, man. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's, strange. I feel like... Uh, some of the some of the politics and some of the uh, business concerns that are pushing things to reopen aren't aren't sitting very well with me. Uh, but again, like that's the kind of thing that I don't know near as much about as I do about like who played what on a fucking death metal record that came out in 1995 or whatever. So I'm not gonna like put it. my in my mouth and say anything that's ignorant. But I do I do th- hope that whoever is in states that are beginning to reopen things like gyms is just continuing to be cautious um, because there's still so much about the shit that we don't know, you know? It's true. It's true. I just, like I said, my main concern, which is might be shitty, but it's what I know the most about is music and venues and, you know, independent artists that won't make a living doing fucking shit else. Yep. You know, um, Amen. Well, we'll figure it out. We've been through worse. Yeah, it'll take, it might take some time, but everything, I don't know, uh, who knows, who the fuck knows what normal is or will be, uh, but I know that shows are going to come back. I know that bands are going to tour again. It just, of course. It just might just take a matter of while. And, and how that, and uh, when. And yeah. I hope that, uh, I, especially for bands, you know, who uh, have sort of established themselves as a small business, you know, a lot of smaller bands have established themselves as an LLC or some sort of actual business that they own. And I feel like they could be getting a lot more help from the government right now that they're not getting. Uh, and that I think is very frustrating, especially for them. You know, again, I, I can't help but think about how lucky I am that I've been able to stay employed and stay sort of in my same routine throughout all of this. But for the people who worked really hard to build a business, especially a small business, uh, and then to not really get any kind of help, um, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, man. I mean, I didn't uh, actively really try to get too much help um, for that because I've just been working my ass off trying to keep this afloat and it's been going. But yeah. I can only imagine that if you have a small business, you have to drive to. That yeah. You can't open, you know, our yep. shit's online. It's different. So I felt wrong kind of. Uh, I'm doing OK, you know. Nobody's, no, nobody's thriving, you know. I'm not fucking cashing in by any stretch, but like exactly. we're all right, <laughs> you know. Exactly. We're we're underground death metal famous. We're all right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we're not buying Porsches. That's the kind of famous that you can feel good about, though. Right. Like, if you're not rich, you're like, man, I enjoy what I do. Yeah, man. Fuck it. I could fill my gas tank. I could buy organic vegetables. What else? Let's go. That's all I need. Don't need a yacht. I I don't need a yacht. I need MCT oil. I need. I I gotta have like a hundred dollar a month music budget. Yeah. From that I'm fine. Have a place for my records. That's right. Very that's, simple. That's a that's problem one, right now. One man. thing. Yeah, that's one thing I love right now is just having access to all these all this physical music. Yes. 
We got access to all of it. I'm trying to like, I got a, our apartment here is very, very small. So we've kind of had to get creative with space and storage solutions. But I think it's about time for another shelf for me, man. A lot of my shit's boxed up right now. I can imagine. And I know you have no shortage of CDs. Yeah, man. I got a, I, I got a problem. No, that's, it's a good problem to have. There are plenty worse problems to have. I agree. I agree. I agree. You can be addicted to a lot worse shit. We have been. It's okay. We're all right. Fair. Yes. What's on tap for you next, bro? What's what's coming up? Anything? Um, God, I don't know. I'd have to check and see. Uh, again, like it seems like everything is so discombobulated with record releases and stuff that's being pushed back because of uh, the yeah. tour and things like that. Um, but I... Yeah, I don't. Nothing immediately jumps out at me either, man. Yeah, and, uh, as soon as we end this call, I'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, these other five fucking things or whatever." I am excited. Let's see. Uh, so I love Exhumed and I love Gruesome, um, and they've got that uh, that split that they're putting out that's coming relatively soon. I think I'm stoked on that. Um, the two songs that I've heard from it so far are fucking awesome. Uh, it's not death metal, but or, no, next, next subject, gruesome and exhumed are, of course are fucking death metal, but, yeah. uh, next up 16 is one of my all time favorite bands, fucking sludgy, cool. punky, awesome shit. They got a record called dream squasher. That's coming out pretty soon. Great uh, so stoked on what I've heard from that record so far. Um, those are the two big ones that are on the horizon and look, I'm going to be straight up with you, man. I'm going to be honest. I'm a Static X fan. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I like Static X. I'm a Static X fan, and I am totally okay with the fact that they are putting out new music from the shit that Wayne Static recorded before he died. And that, I think, is the end of May. They've got a new record coming out. Um, wow, I didn't realize it was coming out this soon. I thought that yeah. was just like a, just in talks. Well, not that I follow fucking Static X religiously, but I do like them, so I'm in. I, it's an interesting. Uh, I'm I'm really interested in from an almost academic standpoint. Like I've been a fan of the band since I was in high school. Like I remember I saw yeah. them on Ozfest '99. It was right after Wisconsin Death Trip had come out. I was really fucking blown. Uh, you know, the fact that I was a kid helped. Yeah, dude, it was probably I, fucking great. It was really, they put on a great show. I really like that shit. And like, Static yeah. has been reliable gym music for the last 20 years for me. So Absolutely. like, but like from, from, from kind of an academic standpoint, I think it's really interesting that they've gone back and sort of found these vocal performances that he put on to demos, you know, in one form or another, or vocal performances that he delivered on B-sides that were never released in any format whatsoever. And they've taken the vocals and isolated them, stripped the music away completely, and then like reverse engineered all these songs with the lineup from Wisconsin Death Trip. And so they've built up new songs around pre-existing vocals. And that to me is very, very interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what the record sounds like. And it's apparently split into two parts now. They've got so much of it. I bet that's a difficult task. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to listen to it from just knowing that, like going yeah. in with that mindset, like you, yeah. that's, uh, that's very cool. Yeah. I think, you know, there are a lot of people who think it's, it's not cool to do that with the work of somebody who's dead or whatever. But I, I think that, you know, Tony Campos was a huge part of static X and I feel like if he, if he's gotten the blessing from Wayne's family to do this, uh, I don't think there's any problem with it. And like, I just want to hear some new shit. I think that it'll be fun. 
Everybody who's listening to this is like, this motherfucker listens to Static X. We're not going to listen to him talk about death metal anymore. Well, fuck you, man. I contain multitudes, and I listen to all kinds of shit. Yes, you do, and that's why that's why we're a dynamic duo on this. Cause you should see the shit I get from some of the things I post from like the super metal heads that follow me. Yeah, they're like they they they're like really like of course, dude. Yes, I did. Yes, I did listen to China Girl by David Bowie at six a.m. What the fuck do you, are you gonna do? do? About it? If music moves you, listen to it. And one thing right. that you and I you and I haven't talked about, but I know we're both big fans, is Wednesday Thirteen. Oh yeah, man. I was actually going to bring him up because I saw Static X. He was on that Static X tour yeah. last year, and I went to see him and uh, hung around for Static X, and I got to meet AC Slade, who plays in the yeah. band. The show's fucking incredible. They were great. Yeah, dude. We need to. We should have like a fucking Wednesday 13 episode at some point in the future and talk about his entire history. I'm a big fan. Um, is that because you are, um, did you kind of grow up with him because he was from South Carolina and when he, when he started and shit? No, no, I'm actually, I'm actually not from South Carolina. You're from Arkansas. This is true. Yeah, yeah. But I, I found out about him, uh, like I think a shitload of his fan base did through the murder dolls. Well, um, yeah, I would, I would think more than half of his yeah. fan base did that. Yeah. Well, I was a big, I was a big Slipknot fan uh, when I was in high school, obviously, and um, I remember, I guess it was like 2002 that that murder stall, the Slipknot dudes started branching out and doing their own individual projects or whatever, and I remember hearing Murder Girls for the first time and being like, this is some gross, like, misfits type shit, and I'm fucking cute. <laughs> Uh, and then I went back and found a lot of the Frankenstein drag queens shit. And then I have enthusiastically followed his solo career. Um, so, you know, we, uh, that's a whole episode, man. We can do uh, that. Yeah. That's a whole episode. The next, um, maybe next June 13th, we can have a Wednesday 13 episode. We'll make it a, uh, make it a holiday. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. We'll do that because I love him. Like, so yeah. much. Unabashed. Same here, man. Yeah. yeah. He's great. I've seen him a million times. I've met him a million times. He's a super nice dude. He has Death Comes Lifting shirts. He posts pictures in them. It makes me, makes me very happy. That rules. Shout out to Wednesday Thirteen. Hey, yeah. man, we're big yeah. fans of yours. Yeah, he's he's shredded. He's on the he's on the total workout grind. All yeah, I noticed that he uh, has talked about getting sober and all this stuff. And that's you know, as a sober person myself, it's really cool to see people who are who who are doing that, you know, and making it a part of a fitness routine as well as sort of getting their act together or whatever. And that's a cool yes. thing and doing what we're doing and making it cool and gruesome and heavy metal at the same time yes and uh he's doing it quite well so okay. respect to wednesday 13 yes and uh i'm gonna get in, I'll, I'll, I'll text you after i'm gonna try to get a try to get a guest on our next week oh next week's episode. so exciting trying i'm trying we'll, we'll have somebody we'll have something to something fun excellent yeah that's all I got. I'm just teasing the crowd. Yeah, that's, you don't get to. If you want to hear more people out get to. podcast land, you've got to continue to tune in. Tune in next week. We'll be back. Tune in next week for when Zach and the Lifting Dead Army are going to debut their new uh, total body workout program where you dig your own grave. This is true. We've done that. Awesome. Dude, fucking grave diggers are an incredible exercise. Just get the fucking shovel duct tape like a 10 pound plate to it and act like you're digging oh my god that's fucking incredible i hadn't even considered like 
simulating it. I was literally thinking the other day, like there's this field. Every time that I go running, I have one of two directions that I take. Uh, and one of those directions goes past this big empty field. And every time I run past it, I think to myself, like, I should just go out there with a shovel and dig a hole for like two hours and see how I feel. Dude, you really should. <laughs> like the, those, those primitive workouts are no fucking joke. So I've heard, man. So I've heard. I remember uh, I was reading a thing for like, I think this is when like Thor first came out or like the Avengers or some shit. And like it had like Chris Hemsworth's trainer. And yeah. one of the things he would do uh, when they didn't have like efficient time or space to work out was like gave him a cinder block and to, to just go throw it around for like 90 minutes or whatever. Just pick up a cinder block, throw it, pick it back up. The like, human body is an impressive machine. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's no excuse not to just get down and gritty, man. Those, that, those shit, those workouts are awesome. Yep. I, and you know, as we, things are going to open up like gyms and everything, but something tells me that that's not, gonna last i think so uh you know at least for a while we're supposed to get the second wave you know i don't know yeah and i don't so, know how true that is what the fuck do i know uh, okay. yeah i mean i'm not a, an epidemiologist or whatever but i i it does it does seem to make sense you know um so between you know when we can sort of stick our heads out of our holes and go out and live some sort of a semblance of a normal life for the summer we can be preparing for what's coming in the fall and in the winter uh, go out and grab some fucking cinder blocks off the side of the road. Uh, mm -hmm. If you see like car parts that have been left somewhere, like part of an engine block or whatever, grab Take them the in. Take anything you can. Take it to the house and have like a pile of trash that you keep outside that's heavy that you lift whenever you need to. Throw around, yeah. Farmer carries, walk around the neighborhood just holding two heavy fucking objects. There you go, man. Workout. We figured it out. We solve a lot of problems, dude. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. We cracked the code. We do, man. Let's do it next week. Absolutely. I salute I'll you, sir. Catch you next time. That's Stay it. Touch. Shoot me a text. Listen to Defeated Sanity. Uh, and listen to Black Sabbath too. Of course, listen to Black Sabbath. Yes, that's we 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 end everything on that. We would be remiss if we didn't tell you to listen to Black Sabbath, specifically the one that Ernie C. from Body Count produced. Yes, that'll, that's, that's your Black Sabbath homework assignment for the week. Go out and find something to love about Forbidden. Uh, next week, I'm going to come back to you with something to love about Forbidden. You know that. Same here, man. Peace out. I'll talk to you next time.